Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody. Am I everybody? Mm-hmm. I like that. Hi, Tim. Uh, tw- I represent the public. This and you, yourself. The 25th Emmanuel we've watched. Do you realize that? That makes sense to me because the more porn I watch, the more I feel like I am accomplishing something. Yeah. Are you starting to get that, that buzz on, that mid-season worst idea glow where it feels like you're actually doing something with your time? 25 is an admirable number. There's no denying it. I don't think I'm doing anything with my time. My favorite number. Ever? Yeah. What's your birthday? 19th. Where's 25 come from? I'm not sure. don't know. I think it's like the fives. When you, yeah, yeah, that's Some nice. numerologist out there will be able to. Can I ask the, you, when you were a boy... And you um, were controlling the volume on your TV at home. We've had this conversation on this podcast. And what were you? You were odd. Let me guess. You were odds. There's a hierarchy, of course. Your zeros on top, divided by five, second place, and then your evens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry to to quash this. No, no, no. no, I just feel like this is one of those things where the... Someone listening out there would be like, you fellas have fucking covered well, this What do you ground. fucking expect? I feel like I spent half my life talking to you. Uh, that is the, the correct um, ranking system, by the it way. It is, isn't it? And it's it's seemingly universal. We didn't discuss no, it this you know, is why as, a, I was, as a species. We didn't get yeah. together and you know put it to committee vote. It's, it's just an yeah, a nice way to organize numbers. We fucking love numbers, man. Human beings. We're, we're built for Well, numbers. I mean, we invented them, so why, not, why not enjoy them? Yeah. Why not exploit the thing we created? They, it literally divvies up everything, doesn't it? A number. We love to categorize and make our little groups. Yeah. Count our little groups. <laughs> That's right. Would you rather go without numbers or letters? I'd rather go without numbers, I think. And how? And <laughs> <laughs> well, I came in so hot, and then midway through, I was like, I should actually have a good think before I lock it in. So and I did. if you've gone for numbers over letters, then how would you be talking to me right now? No, I've dropped numbers. I'm retaining letters. Oh, fuck yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, yeah. Th- that, to me, that feels like the Wild West. 
dropping numbers. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's good. Numbers to me, they they speak of hierarchy, and letters to me speak of artistic expression. Yeah, yeah, you know no, what I mean. Numbers box us in, man. Yeah, and letters will set you free. Absolutely. Fuck, it's good to come out and be on the same page. I'm so sorry that I've taken off my shoes and socks. Uh, It's incredible. You've done it as soon as we've started recording. I'm going to move them. Right after you've closed the door in what is famously a real sweat box of a studio. Sweltering studio. Uh, So, yeah, we've watched 25 pornographic films. Today, we didn't watch it together, although we are together in person right now. What a journey, Tim. Tell me about your viewing experience, the cinema in which you appreciate appreciated sorry Emmanuel two thousand, the jewel of Emmanuel. This was an interesting one because I was on a different podcast today. I watched a, a. Am I allowed to mention a film that isn't Emmanuel on this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's called The Quiet Earth. Did a, anyone fuck? Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, co- I, there were a couple fucking scenes, I think. Go ahead. But they were tastefully done. Okay. It's a, have you heard of it? It's a New Zealand film from 1985 starring Bruno Lawrence, directed by Jeff, what's his name, who did Goodbye Pork Pie. Ah, yes. He has a son now who directed the reboot of Goodbye Pork Pie. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah I know. I didn't see that one. People love doing that. They love having sons or daughters or... Intergenerational directorships. Anyone, yeah. Um, but The Quiet Earth ruled. So I watched that for a, a, a different pod. Who the bloody hell are you talking to movies about that's not me? Our friend Chris. Parker? No. Chris in America. Oh, yes. The, who, who is a I'm going to fuck up his last name, but it's like Gil, Gil, Gil Brighty. You know, I always say it's it written, Italian. so I never say it out loud. And you didn't say it on the podcast. The po- is, well, I don't say people's full names. Sometimes Ever. you say you're a real piece of shit guy, Montgomery. Yeah, that's you, though. And it's part of me insulting you. What, wouldn't come what, in with what do you that about, kind of heat what, on a, am, a do, you, do you no longer see me as a person when you're like, I don't say people's full names? And mm, then you. Yeah, I guess I don't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You're just a podcast entity. Are you going to. Can you plug his podcast? Yeah, it's cool. Uh, no, no, sorry. I was asking that question for myself. Absolutely not. You can't. Yeah, okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's mean to you, which is fun, but it's oh, not nice so to Chris. So you asked me a question and I'm answering it. So I watched that movie in two helpings because I had a bit of a hectic day today. So I watched that as I was drifting off to sleep last night. Oh, wow, well, Went yeah. to bed at midnight I watched half of it and then fell asleep and then got up very early to go on the radio and then watched, oh, yeah, watched the second half of The Quiet Earth as I was walking to the radio station. Of course. <laughs> Phone in hand, Bluetooth headphones. Yeah making me perilously close to killing myself in traffic. Man of the people. And then on the and then and then fucking hot hot uh hot tailed, it's not it. Hot wheeled. Yeah. <laughs> I tailed it back home to watch a pornographic film of my choosing and then recorded the podcast with those guys. Uh, right after you'd watched Emmanuel. Yeah. Were your wires crossed at all? I think I kept my shit together because I I took a lot of notes oh, for Emmanuel, but not for um, but so you'd filed you'd Earth. filed away all of your Emmanuel thoughts here, mm. and then you had all of your Quiet Earth thoughts over here. You got it. Do you prefer um, guesting on a podcast or being a, a host of a podcast? I like hosting, eh? 
Really? I like both, to be honest. But like with hosting, because you just know exactly what temperature the water is. Yeah. And and you can control it. If it's too hot, you can turn the other tap. I don't. I don't, not, I don't. You wouldn't turn the taps on another person's bath. Not my place. Oh wow! Really? Not my place to do it. What would you say? This would is you... a bad analogy because I don't know what kind of bath I'm getting. No, no, I like belongs it. Belongs to someone would not, else. Would you not? But I'm entering, but I cannot adjust yeah, yeah. the. Yeah, Can you not cautiously say, "Hey, you guys, finding it a bit hot in here? God, it's so hot." Uh, what is the podcast equivalent of that? I don't know, like a conversation you're just comfortable stop, with. Stop down everything that's happening and go, hey guys, this is actually a bit freewheeling uh, for my liking. That's so if we could just stay on path. Literally how I open if I guess on anyone else's podcast. <laughs> I do I not like the freewheeling nature of these introductions. I always thought you were doing it ironically, but Guy Montgomery, no, just, man. he hates I'm momentum a, in podcasts. I'm famously a big law and order podcaster. Yeah. Chaotic evil. Yeah, that is or lawful me. evil. Lawful evil. It's probably better. Uh, so you you watched you just watched it here in the studio. Sure did. Big old screen. Yeah, big old speakers. Big old today's today's. Um, yeah, yeah. That was the nature of this, and and took uh, uh, scrupulous notes, Am a substantial right? amount of notes. Uh, scrupulous is like you've observed it very closely. Yeah, so a, well, I suppose you did. It was a scrupulous watch then, and my notes are extensive, voluminous. Whoa, what's voluminous? Like the adjective of volume, ah, big, a large volume. <laughs> Should of say notes. big, lots. Fantastic. I did not experience uh, sort of this. You're hot off a watch. Cinematic equivalent of Emmanuel. 2000, uh, the, it's not even the jewel of Emmanuel. I believe it's just jewel of Emmanuel. You got it. No, I, so I, um, you've been in planes, trains, automobiles. I, I have two out of three ain't bad. I knew I had to watch this it's all day. Two out of four planes, trains, automobiles. I'm wrong. Yeah. And that would make me <laughs> correct. I, uh, so I, yeah, I, I was traveling back from Dunedin, which is where I woke up this morning. I woke up very early and, uh, Olive and I, who is my stepdaughter, I suppose is the appropriate terminology, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we, f- we flew back from Dunedin to Auckland. And um, I knew I was under some amount of time pressure to watch a porno today. And obviously, if it's just you and your five-and-a-half-year-old <laughs> child, there's not a lot of vacant windows where you can sort of skive off to enjoy you know, the sensual offerings of Emmanuel at all. And so... And I like that you're still phrasing it as if this is like a, a, a by-choice watch. No, is yeah, yeah. To be, Emmanuel is something to be enjoyed. Well, I, I was just... In, I occupied an interesting space where we sort of, you know, from morning... I, I knew until I dropped Olive at school mm. that uh, I was not going to be able to watch this porn. <laughs> And I didn't want to watch the porn, but also everything that got in the way of me watching the porn was a frustration to me. I know what you mean. And so it was a very sort of interesting equation. And we were uh, we got caught on the tarmac for for close to an hour. And this, which what is that's prime movie watching. Well, time. it is. But I tell you what, you know, you're really it's already in the world of a five-and-a-half-year-old in New Zealand, the two-hour flight from Dunedin to Auckland is substantial. Oh, but you boy. throw an hour on that of st- just sitting still. Fuck, man. You have got to have a deep bag of trip tricks to just try and usher this five-and-a-half. You know, like, their concept of time is totally different from ours. Mm. It's ten a big, it's a ten minutes is a long time. Yes, it is. An hour? Three hours? And the whole time, I'm just becoming frustrated at the plane 
at the airline. I'm thinking, how can you simultaneously frustrate me by ensuring I have to, you know, somehow conjure an extra hour of entertainment value out of myself while delaying my ability to watch this porno? And so... And how did it go? Well, the the flight... Well, your ability to sort of distract a five-and-a-half-year-old for that amount of time. That went great. And i I, I got to say, Olive was a delight. I was fantastic. We were a real dream team. We You're were, a good duo. We, You're a powerful we were, duo, We are actually. an incredible duo. And we had a lot of laughs. We had a lot of good times. And I, I got her to school. And then I was going to come around and watch it here. And you said, I'm busy. I'm recording a podcast. Sorry, and I thought, sorry, no, God. but then I thought, do you know what? Actually, I haven't had any lunch. I can't arrive here hungry. You don't want a podcast hungry. I'd like to perform stand-up comedy hungry, but you don't want a podcast hungry. Ooh. And so I went to a cafe and I watched it. I tried to watch it on my computer. Honey no. Ripe. But, no. I, I tried to watch it on my computer, but there was an unstable Wi-Fi connection, and so I had to watch it on my phone. Mm-hmm. And I had a salad and I watched some porn. Mm-hmm. And about halfway into the porn, I started looking around to see if there were any cameras that yes. were trained on what I was doing because I figured it looked pretty sus. It doesn't look great. It does not look good. Uh, it's kind of a good thing we're like locked away at the moment while we're doing this season. Mm. Less travel, you it, know? Yeah, yeah. Because we would be in Australia by rights right now. We would. Preparing for or performing in the Melbourne International Comedy Which Festival. is happening right now, by the way. If you're in Melbourne and you're listening, I know that you've been waiting for something to do for quite a long while because you famously had a hell of a lockdown last year. Get out there and support some of your Australian comedians. And enjoy them as well. You know, yeah. It's not just about biffing. It's not charity. You'll have a good time. And if I you're think. a member of Australian Parliament right now, pull your fucking finger out. Jesus Christ. Well, that's not you what lot we need to clip around the They ears. really do. That's not what we had to talk about. Anyway, all that to say that mm. it was an interesting day and in that I, I was, like that you waved a political carrot in front of my face and then you're like, oh, Tim's got a whiff of it. That's right. I um I was frustrated not to be watching the porn and then as soon as I was, as I was watching the porn, it did not provide the powerful sense of relief I thought it might. I was like, oh, that's right. It's porn I'm watching. I'm watching and porn. Good, and not like good porn. No, but the more I watch this Emmanuel 2000 series in English, the more I think maybe the porn's not great, but the plotting yeah. is a lot of fun. The movies, you know, they're movies. They're real stories being told here. Absolutely. And a distinctive three-act structure every time. So distinct, in <laughs> fact, you could argue that it is three individual films happening within the one film. Yeah, banded together under one title. And it is, so again, it was, you know, it was different, but the same as last time. Probably, there was probably, I feel like, a, a more fluid through line in today's films. And that is That's like true. The, where, the, where the transitions were taking place, where those connective scenes were taking place, were geographically in the same spot as where the previous scene had been. Like, to, it wasn't to, just like suddenly. Oh, well, sort of. To paint some broad strokes for everybody. Uh, we open Act One in South Africa because Emanuela suddenly. Oh. I don't think we were in South Africa. Oh, we, she can was you move that. It's she never. was. There was a was beer my, next to the oh, mixer. Everybody, not what I was going to say. Uh, she was waiting on a South African, but I believe she was in America. I thought that's why, because she was getting a diamond. So I was like, South Africa makes sense. The guy was traveling with the diamond from South Africa. Oh. He was a, some sort of South African diamond magnate. So did we find out where they were in that first place? I have reason to believe that they were on the west coast of America somewhere. Oh, okay. Where exactly? I could not say. Um, and then we're in a ski field for Act 2. 
And then we're on a, we're still there, I think. We're, we're on a, no, Act Two. We're on a train. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So a we're on the, we're on the coast, and, and three like, is the mountain. As a holiday, this kind of makes sense. Some holidays, you know, you might be on the beach for a little bit, and then you catch the train to the mountain. Yeah, it's true. This is California. You can enjoy the best of both worlds, a la Miley Cyrus. Chill it out, take it slow, catch the train, and guess what? At the end of that train ride, you're ready to rock out the show. Do you know that Dolly Parton is uh, Miley Cyrus's godmother? That fucking rules. Yeah, kind of makes sense. Miley Cyrus is, is the machine tried to chew her up and it didn't work. She survived. I know. And it's fucking, you love to see it. She didn't just survive, but she's like, hey, I'm fucking stronger yeah, for this. Yeah, yeah. She's the shit, eh? Watched a fantastic NPR tiny desk with her the other week. She's fucking cool, like. She's really cool. Like she was a Miley lot cooler Cyrus. than Patty. We got the wrong tat. Oh, yeah, good point. I live in fear that he's going to do something cancelable. <laughs> That's fine. Then we can just get like a a big one of those big like circle signs with a line through it. That's like <laughs> do not enter <laughs> <laughs> on our tush. Yeah, it's fine on our tush. I. But yeah, so it's it's your three X structure. She meets the South African diamond magnate on the coast of California somewhere. I'm assuming. And he's got a very valuable diamond to give her. The reason that she oh, is quite big, acquiring eh? the diamond is not... I mean, apart from that, it has value. She has a collection. She mentions this. She's oh, okay. like, this would be great in my collection. It's like, who is this woman? She's got this weird... We, we have been ascribing to magic, which we now know is actually a technological wonder, the device mm. that allows her to take over people's minds and sort of enter their heads at a distance as long as they're wearing a very shitty flashing bit of jewellery. And unless she expressly tells the people, they don't appear to be totally across what's they happening. D- no. They feel like they're maybe having a minor This is a breakdown. Wonder Woman 1984 situation where there is a lot of moral ambiguity about what we're doing with these unsuspecting people's bodies. Because she's sort of when that when she enters their minds slash bodies, she can see through their eyes when she's in their minds. Often they will either be talking to themselves with their inner monologue or to their sexual partner in a way that confuses everyone <laughs> except Emmanuel. Very odd because so this happens multiple times in this film and it hasn't happened before this one. The way the device works is that Emmanuel beams dialogue into the recipient's head. But then people around the recipient hear it through the recipient's voice. But, yeah. But the recipient hasn't moved their mouth. Yes. It's so confusing. It's an incredibly powerful technology that is also a little bit buggy. Yes, it is. <laughs> and because the- we discovered today for the first time ever that it has limitations of distance, which suggests to me it is operating on some sort of radio frequency, a la Bluetooth or FM. This, this, this is quite a forward-looking franchise. Last time we had this guy, this uh, medical sort of marvel who was trying to figure out the code for DNA and was, I mean, he was a scam artist, but he was using modern te- modern terms to do it. Big ideas. And then today, Emmanuel, I mean, she's got this buggy technology, but also at the end of the film, mm. she uh, she has a marvelous romantic tryst with the guy and he's like, how will I see you again? And she goes, well, you can always check my website. And he's I like, fucking missed that. And I tuned out a little bit at the end. And he's like, I that line. what? And she's like, yeah, you got to roll with the times. And he goes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did she say what the website is? I'm assuming. No, she doesn't. But because that would be like, 
amazingly meta and from a business sense pretty onto it as well to say it's, it my website ex- is emmanuel2000.com yeah. I think they were more into acknowledging the internet exists than using the internet to harness its power but even that was pretty forward thinking it's mm. sort of like a, you know it's right at this period of time because it's always bothered me in American films how they say alright should I pick you up at should I pick you up later eight. tonight always and they eight. go yeah and then they walk away. And these are strangers to each other until this moment. And I'm like, you don't have their number, their address. There is no actual bona fides to this plan to get it off the ground. And this is the website equivalent of that. <laughs> so they're somehow championing this traditional right. American cause of not knowing where or who each other the are. The Google algorithm is in its infancy. You're trying to find a woman based on the <laughs> scant amount of information you have right now. What is that? Impossible is that, task. Is that the characters don't want to be vulnerable or like ruin their smooth moment by saying, hey, just so you know, you haven't said your address. So if you just say your address, then I could actually come and pick you up. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that you ascribe to movie magic. Because if you have to stop down and answer all those details, it's just a real drag. On the, the magic of movies. The magic is they don't make sense. Mm. The question is, did this movie magic up a boner for the boner inspector? I'm not ready for him. Okay, yeah. I'll be back shortly. Toot toot. Get out of here, boner inspector. I'll just busy myself uh, talking to these people in the cabin over here. Hey, what did you, um, did you enjoy the fact that we had some return actors this time? This guy. The Sultan? Yeah. I've, I've got his name here. Anthony oh. Scordy, I think it is. Okay. He's not just the Sultan. He was in the, he was in the one where Emmanuel's in like San Francisco and Japan. Art, the love of art. Yeah. The one that was in, the one in Japan German is, or Russian. Is that being Emmanuel? I think there was. It oh, might no, be. The, uh, but yeah, I think. No, Paradise. Paradise is the uh, Emmanuel. He was in that in one Paradise. too. Yeah, he so he's the Sultan in that one. He's because, in Emmanuel in Paradise. Because guy, I was like, he's the Sultan in one of these, and then I started looking it up, and I was like, oh no, this one's in Japan, and then I forgot that each one of these movies is three movies because the one in Japan is the one with the Sultan. I know, and he is in all of the movies, not just the three movies contained in every movie. But so is um, our friend who hid a bunch of women in commercial kitchens. In the last movie, he comes back as the mysterious train fucker. Oh, is that? Are you sure? Yes. You researched it? No, I just fucking it's got it's the, the same, same face. Guy. It's, just, it's the dude. I was watching it on a cell phone, so I, I couldn't quite put the pieces together. But those two, those were some unethical dudes. Oh, this, the train robbers. Yeah, this is a now, mo- let's get a load this of this a movie folks. written by a woman named Jill, and she wrote some pretty dicey characters. Mm. Simpler time. You know what's crazy? Simpler, I these, guess. These movies, I, I, they, they, I guess they were made in 99 or 2000. Yeah. Right? Or maybe like within the early 2000s. They were made after The Matrix. How crazy is that? As shit as they look and are, things are supposed to get better over time. I don't know that these movies had the same ambition as The Matrix yeah, or the same right. cultural reach. Although some of these on uh, various different websites where you can watch them, have up to 3 million views. Yeah, I noticed that. The one we watched today? Not so much. 800,000. Still? It's on there. It's, it's not a bad innings. It's not zero. One thing that this movie I believed had in common with the Matrix trilogy is a UK dance act called Fluke. And some of the soundtracking in this movie in particular, I was like, it's got, it's, it's like they are just they're doing fluke, which is such a weird sound to rip off because they were so they weren't like they were short lived as an act, but their popularity was like a day. I know, but yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot about 
fluke, is it? But I was loving the soundtrack. Like it's great, I, eh? I it's just kind of like Acid House. And yeah, and it's it's also admirable. The fashion isn't quite doing the same thing, but it's like it's so dated and it really grounds it so much in that two thousands era. Mm. It's really satisfying. And it's like it's like a period drama. Yeah, it, well, it, I mean, it, of course, a movie made in two thousand now is a period piece because that's twenty one years ago, and technologically, mm. like that is a very specific moment in time. Yeah, two thousands. People were talking into um, makeup compacts frequently uh, because of the yeah and tally the video you, tally calls. If you'll you remember, this roaming international romantic had developed a system of plastic and opals by which she could telepathically into the minds of others and sometimes you, speak through them. You fucking wish there was an opal in that. <laughs> what is Lousy that? LED. It's plastic. It's plastic from it's way It's all plastic? Go. There's no opal in what there? What is an opal? It's an Australian mine. Is it a, mine, is it a rock? It's a rock. It's like a semi-precious stone. And, um, semi-precious. That's, they've got nothing. I know. They're clutching at absolute know, straws but there. In Australia, they have to be valuable. It would be like if we started claiming that grey wacky was worth anything. It's just mountain. It's just it's 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 mountain dirt. But if you look into an opal, it's like looking into the rainbow of an oil spill. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, which is a satisfying <laughs> reminder that we have total dominion over our planet. Do you guys remember when the BP Deepwater Horizon oil spill happened and killed the marine life you in like, like to... a five square kilometer radius? It reminds me of looking yeah. directly. Would you at like that. to have that immortalized in bracelet or necklace form? You're in luck. Have we got the semi-precious stone for you? (laughs) (laughs) I've got a note about um, that guy who, the recurring, the guy who was having sex with a lot of women in a lot of commercial kitchens yesterday, or last week, whenever the hell we watched it, or you listened to it. uh, He seduces Emmanuel, or she seduces him. Hold up. Are we talking about the right guy? Are you talking about the guy she has Sex was on the train. Is that the guy who orders ice cream and chocolate sauce? On the train? Yeah. She orders a fruit platter and he orders ice cream and chocolate sauce. Okay. I I don't remember his order, but is it the scene where they meet in a dining carriage? Yes. And they don't know each other. Yeah. And he's sat down to eat. She sits down and he goes and sits down next to her. And they're drinking from the world's largest champagne flutes. That is correct. Oh, yeah. So that's not the guy with all the commercial kitchen Oh, okay. Well, but that guy anyway, he's a, he's a, well, he's he's a no good, you know, he's a, he's a rough, he's a ruffian, he's a train robber. But uh, he seduces Emmanuel. Emmanuel seduces him. There's a beautiful power dynamic where they're both, they both want the same thing and they're both asking for and getting the same thing. And that thing is sexual intercourse. That's right. And they go into a room and they start having sex. And then just when it's getting really hot and heavy, she's told him that she's an author. Oh, oh, sorry. Just one detail to add in there. Is that, cause they, they, they've, you've got to fuck somewhere. You're on a train. Where are you going to go? You're going to go to the bathroom. What do they bring with them? <laughs> A plate of strawberries. Wow! Into a fucking toilet on public transport. Respectfully, they don't even use it. But respectfully, it's, thankfully, Chekhov's gun, Emmanuel's <laughs> food. It is just there to remind you that they could at any moment start fucking plugging each other's it's assholes not, with strawberries. It's not even the first time they do. I'm so sorry. I know you're going somewhere else with this, but just to mention it at the start, 18 minutes in, I think I'm getting out scot free with a food free fuck fest. Incorrect, because the couple have sex at the start of the film, and then the guy goes, I'm starving, like immediately after <laughs> yeah, yeah. he comes. And I was like, oh, no, this again. And she's like 
great idea. I was like, you guys are still coming on each other yes. here. This is crazy. So odd. But anyway. Sorry. Well, I mean, no, this, there was an train important scene. It's all by the by. Train Robert's getting really hot and heavy. She's told him that she's an author. And just when things are about to heat up, he's like, like they're, they're actually almost in the throes of passion. He's like, what sort of books do you write? And I just think it is such a bold question to ask an author you've just seduced. Like, I just imagine her being like, well, I write sort of nonfiction books that focus on the plight of, you know. The immigrant diaspora. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Abandoned tribes who live in Central America. Yes. And you're like, oh, baby. And <laughs> 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 tell me how detached they are from technology. It was a very risky move, but to his credit, it paid off because Emmanuel's answer was sex. She's not a writer. She writes books about sex. She has sex. Yeah, but she 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 says that she's I mean, a yeah, writer. She's I think she's lied. A sex writer, and it's worked. Is that a thing? A sex writer? Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Have you not heard of the TV show Sex and the City? I can I ask you a question. She was writing about relationships first of all. Second of all, what's going on with these footsteps in these movies? <laughs> because I've noted it down for a few, and I don't think I've brought it up on the podcast before. But for some. Bizarre reason, everything else is pretty normal, but the sound of the footsteps in this film are so much louder than anything else. Different Foley artists. They've definitely been overdubbed. They got the footstep specialists. I don't understand why it's so critical for us to hear the footsteps. Well, can you imagine if everyone was swanning around in silence? You'd think, what is this movie set exclusively in socks? I would not even think. I wouldn't for a moment drift mentally toward that. Well, it's I, so strange. Nothing frustrates me more than thinking that an entire movie has been performed in socks. And so to me, every clomping footstep that is on the offbeat is a welcome reminder that in the cinematic world of Emmanuel 2000, these characters have access to and constantly wear loud shoes. They're walking on marble. They're walking on wood. They're walking on concrete. Anything they're walking on, there's a satisfying clank, the footwear on ground. Nothing worse than watching a porno where everyone's padding around a heavily carpeted house in their thick pajama socks. Yeah, there's only one thing worse than that, and that's involving food play with every sex scene you have in your porno. (laughs) I, I really feel like we were spared this time from that. Because they threatened it multiple yeah, yeah. times, and then we didn't get it. So we train robbers, and then and then this man after he um. So can I, I, I say can beds, you, Emmanuel? But they fucking a toilet. Can it's you not really? Can bedding. you tidy something up for me? I'd love to. What is the outcome and resolution? Like, what is the connectivity, or alternatively, outcome and resolution of the diamond storyline? Okay, Emmanuel uh, acquires a diamond. She gets a diamond right at the start. It's so weird, the pacing of this one. All of them, really. But she gets a diamond at the start. She gets, um, along with the diamond, the diamond dealer, who also is in the other movies, and I've forgotten who he is in the other ones. No one's seen these. This is purely for us. No one gives a shit. You know what? I reckon these guys would have had a lot of fun on set. There's yeah. a real community vibe. And, like, everyone's getting their kid off Acting all the time. and playing and sucking and fucking. Yeah. Just eight of your closest friends making seven films at once. I think it would have been a good time. Unless someone got crabs midway through the shoot. Or before. Even then, there's a movie where they talk about shaving your pubic hair will not get rid of crabs. Trust me. I can't remember what it's from. Sounds like American Pie. Yeah. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, so we got a diamond at the start. The diamond dealer gives Emmanuel a double, like a fake diamond as well, just because she gets robbed, which is pretty smart because in the very next scene, she gets robbed. She gets held at gunpoint in the elevator descending from her transaction Gives the guy a fake diamond. Then um, she sort of intervenes with this couple who she meets the woman at the pool and then mind controls her because she slips the diamond into her bag, that woman's bag, I think to kind of like get it the fuck out of here for a while. Away from her. Away from her and the thief. Yeah. In case the thief comes back. Makes sense. So then um, she puts the device on and gives the woman the necklace so that she can like track her. And, and that's the bit where we discover it's got like a radio limitation to yeah. it. So when she's starting to drift out of distance, she's like, no, no, you got to come back to the pool because <laughs> you're getting too far away from me and my powers won't work. And then you'll have my diamond. So she forces her to come back, which confuses the boyfriend. And then she has to like negotiate this whole situation around them. Those guys are in... together. A toxic relationship. And Emmanuel- it's fucking whatever. It's fine. Who cares? But Emmanuel is like, she fucks up a lot of people in this movie. I know, but Emmanuel, because I sort of have an implicit trust of Emmanuel's character through the entire franchise where it's like her heart is frequently in the right place and she sort of does have a deeper understanding of human relationships and sex than than most. But in this instance, it's like these two are not a good match. The guy is up to no good at all. He's fine. And they have He's some sort fine. of blowout, and then they have sex, and they go, oh, how good is makeup sex? Yeah. And me, I'm thinking alarm bells here. I'm thinking. Because this is happening so frequently. Yeah. Um, and then Emmanuel's like on the train, and she's going, uh, another happy couple in love. Yes. I mean, they're not in love. Emmanuel's got some emotional issues because she keeps seeking out these couples who she thinks are in love so that she can put the device on them to feel what love's like. Because she's just going around having meaningless sex all the time. She needs a boyfriend. Do you reckon? She needs a committed relationship with someone. I feel like that's what is the driving, the hidden driving force of all these films. 
I I think the driving force of the films is that she's sort of she's experiencing life the way that anyone might fantasize they could experience life as this international grass, traveler. Grass is always greener. It's like this is your ultimate fantasy: being a diamond trading art collecting fuck machine fuck machine who befriends sultans and vagabonds alike and just travels the earth on some confusing person's dime uh answers to maggie and philip every movie for no reason in in particular caribbean um by a pool uh but but you see it and then the, the the whole moral of this is see she's got everything you think you want she's not happy she keeps seeking out these couples because what she really wants is like lasting relationships. She's not unhappy though. You never see I her in angst. She, I think she's unfulfilled. Wow. Maybe. I don't fucking No, care. no, no, dude. It's just porn. No. This is that 25 milestone. This it's is us all of a sudden. This is the abyss looking back at us is what this is. It's not meaningless. It's the talk of someone with a screw loose, i.e. myself. <laughs> You're running scared because all of a sudden there's meaning in the depths of our softcore pornographic franchise. Much like Emmanuel when faced with the possibility of getting what she wants, a committed relationship, I run the other way when I find meaning in what I'm doing. <laughs> Where the fuck were we with the plot? The thieves? Oh, yeah. So this is the worst bit. Oh, no, you were tidying up the diamond outcome. Oh, fuck. I don't even know, man. I, I, I literally don't going, know. I know how to tie this. I don't know. So... We they get, abandon the so, diamond plot. Well, they don't because Emmanuel gets the diamond back. So that's like a neat little everything's solved. So that's like the 20-minute mark. And then we go to the tra- – then we're like immediately we're just in a train. It's like, okay, cool. And Emmanuel's watching this couple canoodling. And they start fucking. Mm, big time. <laughs> just on the train while Emmanuel's sitting next to them and a server keeps coming around taking drinks orders. They don't care. No one cares. It's crazy it's a train this is public transport what would you do not fuck on a train no you're not in the couple you're emmanuel oh well what do you mean what does she do she just watches for most of it yeah what would you do oh like would i inter- i'd move but i'm not saying she should i'm just saying the couple probably shouldn't fuck out in the open on a train we got a word for you for, you, for people like you on trains what yeah pr- approved okay i got there got there really so then I am trying to remember how the diamond ties into this. Maybe it doesn't at this point. But she fucks train robber guy number one, who we don't know is a train robber. Respecter. They have fucked. And then he takes her handbag, passport, I think, makeup, wallet, and inadvertently the dime. No, necklace. Yeah. The necklace. The magical necklace. But not the diamond. Maybe the diamond. Oh, no, he does get the diamond. There it is. He does get the diamond. You should so have I guess that's seen his is. eyes light up like a diamond in the sky. So he's teamed up with this other guy, and this is grotesque in the extreme. But the other guy, they're, like, they're in this fucking, they're in a, I don't know, what would you call it, apartment? Cabin. A basement, it looks like. A room. They're in a room. Two guys in a room. Train robber number one, train robber's friend. Train robber's friend has a woman coming over, so train robber hides behind a curtain, and when train robber's friend is having sex with this woman who's come round, train robber pulls out a camera and starts taking snaps of them without her knowledge whatsoever. They fuck to completion. She leaves. This is a plot to blackmail um, the, the, the woman. woman. It's something that they do on the reg- Like, there is a system. 
Uh, yeah, crazy and, stuff. And Emmanuel, through the power of her Nicholas, the technology. guy has put the Nicholas in his pocket. I think, yeah. and then the woman discovers it. She's like, "This is pretty." She puts it on. So now Emmanuel is in her head. She's on the inside, and she can see through her eyes, feel through her clitoris, and absorb the world through her mind, and occasionally, incidentally, communicate through her externalized subconscious. Yeah, that's fucking confusing. Hey. So that happens, and then uh, Emmanuel's like, well, I better get this bag back that's got my diamond in it, and so does. And then but we're in a ski shower. She's also like, I should have got those fo-. She also leaves the photos. She's like, I should have got those photos. But oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> maybe she deserved it. And you think, Emmanuel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was weird because she's like. They made a real point of putting her on the wrong side of history. But but making it explicit because Emmanuel says out loud, is like, this is a horrible thing to do to a woman. This is terrible. I should really get those photos. Oh, well, maybe she deserves this. Like, yeah, what? maybe she deserves what? to be put down a what? peg or two. It's like, Emmanuel, you're not the only person who gets to fuck robbers on a train. <laughs> uh, green does not look good on you, girlfriend. Running ski chalet. Finally. Powder white. That's where the train's gone. I guess that's true. This plot involves the sultan from the other movie, who now is a totally he's different a ca- guy. He's a count. <laughs> He's a what? He's a count. Is he? Yeah, he's a is count. He? Yeah. I love that he's always got a title. <laughs> yeah. It's fancy. He's a great actor, and he's a great actor in this. And his sister's been kidnapped, and she's got a ransom <laughs> of a million dollars. He ups the stakes immediately. He's speaking in his native British accent, yes. and it cuts through the movie like a hot knife through butter. We have gone from B-grade melodramatic pornography Ameri- to like muscle- high-tier Amdram Shakespearean yeah. play. We've got muscle-bound American jocks who are playing thugs to like some guy who trained at a proper theatre acting school in London. Who's just landed on his feet in this ski chalet, chalet scene at the closing of Emmanuel, Jewel of Emmanuel. Mm. And he is bringing the motherfucking ruckus. The stakes are high. They're friends, Emmanuel and he, but not from where you think, which is him being assaulted. They're friends from a time we have no knowledge of. Yeah. But they haven't got an They're friends because they have the same friends who yeah. are those people by the pool in the oh, Caribbean. That's true. Weirdly, this is the only time that we find out Maggie and Philip are probably real and a shared experience for another character. <laughs> so he is like, hey, our our mutual friend sent me. Um, my sister's been kidnapped. There's a ransom of a million dollars. We then later find it. So like, then they come up with this plan to lure the kidnappers. Who are completely different guys? Or are they related to the train robbers somehow? Are they the train robbers? I don't think they are. Anyway, it, do, it doesn't matter. So they much. look, you know, there is a type who shows up in this movie, which is like a sort of brown, blonde, sort of f- pretty tasty body, but slightly fucking stupid face dude. And they like, they show up in every other scene and it's really confusing as to which one's which and if there's more than one of them. Mm. But yeah, so they're... they're just various at least 45-year-old kind of in shape white guys swapping sexual yeah, positions. Yeah, so, and they're, they're sort of spiritually related, but they might not be the same actor or character. The kidnapping is a ruse. The sister is in on it. That's right. So the Count's sister has been kidnapped, and he has to uh, use Emmanuel and her incredible sort of buggy technology to discover the whereabouts of his sister who has been kidnapped and whether or not the kidnapper who he's meeting up with to drop the cash is in fact telling the truth. 
Great scene, though. Emmanuel uses the device on the kidnapper because this the count is trying to dis- discern, you know, if, if he's this is on fucked the level, over or not. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the sister's been killed. Aye, aye. And so, what Emmanuel does for some reason, she's like, "Well, the best thing that we could do is he'll wear the necklace, I'll wear the crown device, and then whenever when you guys are having your chat Com- yeah. to confirm the yeah. money transfer." Yeah. Whenever he says something, I'll enter his mind and assess whether it's true. And if it is true, I will force him to put his hand up. So he keeps doing that mid-conversation and a waiter comes over to take his order each time. And and it is hilarious. And he doesn't realize he's putting his hand up. And the waiter will be like, can I get you anything? And then he'll be like, what the hell? And he'll look at his hand it'll be up and he'll go... It's a pretty convoluted and good comedy and beat he'll say, for a porno. Yeah, say, no, get out of here! And then it will happen again and again. And, yeah, I don't hate it. This is the entire movie. This, the, they discover that it's a ruse, but this guy has a confusing relationship with his sister. Didn't you they, find that was weird? Yeah, yeah. But he loves her, and she loves him. And I kind of thought they were going to fuck. Money doesn't solve all your problems. So it would seem, you know, here's a family, I don't, what is a count? Hmm. You've read The Count of Monte Cristo, haven't you? No. Oh. But I know it exists. So in many ways, I have. <laughs> a count is someone who has a title and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a like medium, a like baron. a lot of money to everyone, but in the world of wealth, a medium amount of money. Yeah, yeah. That sounds right to me. Aristocracy, but not like royalty. Yeah. Anyway, a, like a lord, a boy, the count. He's got a great accent. His God. sister is sort of a troublemaker. She's in on the ruse, so she's like, "Just tell my brother that I've been kidnapped. I'm in on it. We'll get the money, and then we'll go on holiday in the we Cayman Islands." Bounce. And, you know, fun fact. Yeah, I'm going to let you finish. No, Holly Sampson, who plays Emmanuel in Emmanuel 2000, was probably in a sexual relationship with Tiger Woods. How do you know that? I found it on the internet. Hey. Good on it. I assume. <laughs> I assume that's what she wanted, and it's what she got. She's a good actor. Yeah, she's a right, eh? I like her turn as Emmanuel. Yeah. I say that both as a performer and as someone in a long line of playing the vaunted softcore pornographic character, Emmanuel. Boner Inspector! There he is. Hello. Hello. Are you ready for me? Uh, yes. Anything to report? Nothing to report here, sir. Well, fuck you, bro. I'm getting sick and tired of coming around here weekly. Boner Inspector. Yes? This entire film's duration, I, w- I asked myself silently inside my own head, how am I supposed to jack it to this? Because... The sex scenes were pretty few and far between in this little number, which I was actually okay with because the story really was doing a lot, doing a lot of things. But Never heard of a story getting you hard, boy? uh, No, (laughs) actually, come to think of it. Well, you obviously don't have an appreciation for the true art of cinema, storytelling. I guess you're, wow, you really are <laughs> delving into a timbre that reminds me of a certain one-time James Bond actor all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, you, of course, must be talking about the great Timothy Dalton. Yes, I am. <laughs> the second best Bond after yes. the Australian model, George Lazenby. Famously, Timothy Dalton. What about you, Un- Montgomery? Almost unbeatable. <laughs> any, bo- any boners or Bonds to speak of? Uh, no, not for lack of want. 
when I thought that I was going to get to watch this porno by myself, mm-hmm. I was excited yeah. to get a boner. Yes. And I mean, I did watch it by myself and that I was the only one watching it in a public cafe. And thankfully for me, not a boner to speak of. I then watched the second half of it, Tim, at your house, outside at a table, underneath the shade <laughs> of an awning. Yeah. And while I was watching it, both your flatmate and your wife came home mm-hmm. and... For all involved, what a massive relief that there was not a boner to speak of. Yeah, I guess so. Not even a twitch. We're all in our 30s, though, you know. You, you come back to your home, Guy Montgomery's there with a laptop in front of him, big boner. Watching a porno. <laughs> Shit happens. <laughs> Using the Wi-Fi, watching his porn. Oh, my God. Those are the moments that I think we, uh, you know, like. What are we doing? I pumped out a tweet while I was watching it. I'm glad that tweet was the final word of that sentence. What it, What was the tweet, Guy? We are Guy Montgomery and Tim Bat, and we watch softcore <laughs> pornography that we do not enjoy for a living. <laughs> On that note. Yes. We... Oh, okay. Uh, hi. Uh, on this note. George Lazenby. Yes. Is it? I would know that voice anywhere. Well, forget about my voice. Do you not recognize the fact I've got a boner tucked into the collar of my shirt? Yeah, it's pretty unmistakable. It's like watching um, a man who's got a spine on the outside and in the opposite place you would expect it. <laughs> That's right. So, <laughs> George, traditionally you come around here with me wanting to pitch you a porno. I just want to come so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, Would you like to hear a fantasy? Yes. Well, I imagine that I am at the zoo and I'm looking at the tigers and the tigers are very active. And I'm thinking, oh, it's nice to finally see a mobile tiger because so often when I go to the zoo, the tigers are sleeping. Which makes sense because there's a giant fucking wildcat in there in this little enclosure. But I keep moving, and uh, eventually I get to the giraffes, and it's one of those sort of interactive zoos where you get to feed the giraffes, and I've got some plants, and I'm feeding them by hand, and then I I tuck one of the plants into my cravat, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the 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 giraffe starts eating the plant out of my cravat, and then I take another plant and I tuck it a little bit deeper into my cravat. Mm-hmm. And the giraffe is eating the plant from further in my cravat. And all of a sudden, it's not just the plant the giraffe is eating. It's got its tongue wrapped around my giant ceaseless erection. Good to see you, George. Catch you next episode. Bye. Oh, man. Clank. I... That was a big a big metal door lock being uh, locked. I hope that guy finds relief soon because he is not well. He is a man apart. Ah, Jesus Christ. Uh, It's really hard to come back from George Lazenby's frequent (laughs) appearances, but let me say this. We've got a live show happening. It's happening, from memory, in Auckland on the 20th of May in one of the, well, the largest venue that you can possibly be bestowed upon in the comedy festival. I'm terrified about the number of tickets that we have available. No, no, no. We're going to sell every single ticket, and if we don't, we're just going to perform to however many people show up. It is a part of the New Zealand International Comedy Festival. It is on Thursday, the 20th of May at 9pm at the beautiful Rangatira in Q Theatre. All right, fuckos, get this. Guy and I 
we had a little brainstorm on what to do that's a bit special for this special live event. Because right. it's a beautiful theatre, it's a beautiful room, and it's going to be really a night of magic. Well, it's a night to remember, isn't it? And Truly. Also, it's a, it's a great night for us to settle any outstanding disagreements, yes. arguments, or understanding about our respective pecking order within the podcast. To that end, we have decided to dedicate the evening to determining who the best host is, definitively, of the worst idea of all time. The worst idea of all time presents the best host of all time. Tim and I will pit our wits, bodies, and mental stability against one another in a series of challenges defined by us and some special guests to figure out once and for all in a binding contract that is irrevocable, unchangeable, and will last for time immemorial, which one of us motherfuckers is better? You're probably going to be involved at some stage. We haven't figured out what all the challenges are yet, but I want to involve like the online global audience as well as um, maybe the live audience and also, obviously, a panel of our peers That's right. who will it, be guesting. It is a one-hour live show spectacular. Uh, and I guess the I don't really know what the exact title is, but I guess it's something along the lines of who you know I, the best. The, I think it's the best host. The of best all time. host of all time. Who is the best worst host? This is why <laughs> your titles just get away on you. <laughs> yeah, but they make you think. Anyway, <laughs> tickets are available now, right now. And what would really wait? Is that true? Put both of us at ease. I think that's true. It's got to be true because we weren't allowed to announce it before tickets go on sale. If you're listening and you are in a position to come to the show and it sounds like a bit of you, fucking jump on that ticket link right now because <laughs> this is the most tickets we've ever tried to sell and it is terrifying. because It's our hometown. Famously, we've never sold many tickets to our podcast in the hometown. Yeah, New Zealand hates us. But if you're in New Zealand and you don't hate us, Put well, your you're fucking in Auckland. money where your mouth is. But people might travel for this. Oh my god, don't do that. It's I not mean, do, no, do but that. it's you know, this is it's on a Thursday before the last weekend of the comedy festival. That that's actually a hot ticket. So if you're looking for a reason to come up to Auckland and enjoy the best you of the could, end of the comedy you festival. You could do your working day, then jump on a plane from Wellington or Christchurch, get in just in time. You'd make catch it in a time bunch of shows. Take the Friday off and then just fucking cut sick. It's going to be a hell of a weekend. So We've that, got everything set up for the America's Cup still, man. Yeah. All that fucking shit still there for the boat people, and it's just it's just not being used. These it's are, here for you. Yeah, yeah. So that is on the Thursday, 20th of May, as part of the New Zealand International Comedy Festival. Please, if it sounds like you, get a ticket. We're going to put a lot into this. We've yeah. already started. Yeah, worstadiaoffulltime.com for Deets and ticks and whatnot. Also, just a heads up on that. I my intention is to film it and film it at a reasonable quality so that we can have it online somehow. Might have to sell it though. <laughs> I get the feeling, uh, it, like the venue rental alone for this is going to cost fucking heaps. So, we, we these boys got to keep their head above water somehow. So that is all we have for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on the friend zone. Love you. We'll see some of you in the Patreon yes. and the rest of you. We'll, we'll see on the see, street. Yeah, we'll see you on the street. Oh.